0: Welcome to the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast with your host, Doctor Fuck
1: and the Ayatollah Alcohola, Ian Wadley. Kick on back and listen to another exciting episode. It's time for the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast.
0: Hey everybody, it's me, Doctor Fuck from Combat and to Die look, I mixed the bands up, and I am here in my car. Yes, the first time ever I'm doing the podcast while driving in my car. You know me, I'm the sober one. Opposed to... Oh, yeah. He's not in his car. No. Because believe it or not, he's a responsible drunk.
1: That's right. That's right. I don't drink and drive. I just drink at podcast.
0: That's right. You don't want to drink and drive. But if you do drink and drive, uh, do a little Coke.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, hey. Sounds good to me.
0: I'm here driving to go meet up with somebody. I told Ian, look, I don't have time this week. I mean, all I can do is probably I'll install Skype on my phone, and we can do it as I go drive, because I'm going to have a good half hour so we can do the news. So, uh, you know, basically that. But, you know, before we go into um, the news and everything, because I know you have a few things to talk of, I want to bring up last week's episode, and one of our greatest listeners ever. uh, Thomas Black uh, did not like our last episode, and it really did break our heart, because we liked him. Um and i understand what he meant by uh why he didn't like it because you know he's more into music reviews and he doesn't really like the bashing even if it's people he hates he doesn't like to hear us bashing people which i can understand but one thing i want to uh tell thomas black that he needs to understand is that he compared us to another podcast that i do not want to mention that podcast but i would have to say mr mr thomas black i love you you know i respect you but when it comes to that you're wrong because that part of the podcast is, uh, we're not gonna mention the podcast, but I will say, their whole shtick is to piss people off. Their whole shtick is a pure marketing thing um, to, to get people to listen, even people that hate. I mean, we're not like that, man. We just, we're not here to, we, we have no ulterior motive. We don't know what we're doing. All we know is we can only be ourselves, and we're not gonna play any angle to bring in new listeners. We're just gonna be ourselves. Am I right, Ian?
1: Yeah, I mean, we'll do the occasional fake fight, but that's it.
0: <laughs> yeah, the fake fight. No, no, and also, like, maybe we'll have another hatred episode in the future. But in no way does it reflect that other podcast that does it on purpose. And basically every freaking show is about that. You know, they have to bring up a certain member that a lot of people respect. And they're constantly egging people on to, get, to get upset people. We're not that way. We don't want to upset anybody. We made it clear. We don't hate bands. We hate fans. Where that other podcast? <laughs> no, no, you got hates that backwards. <laughs>
1: you what? Said, you said that backwards. We we don't okay, hate fans.
0: We don't. We hate yeah, bands. We hate fans. But unlike that other podcast that hates the fans, because all they do is talk about how stupid the fans are and blah blah blah. We're not that way, hey man. If people want to bash us and keep listening to us every week, we're not gonna fight back. Uh, we, we appreciate we appreciate all you douchebags that hate us listening in. Thank you, I love you, douchebags. Right, Ian?
1: That's right. Because if you hate us and you still tune in, bitch, you're a fan. <laughs>
0: that's, yeah, that's... we we like you, bitch. We think you're a cool ass bitch.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and uh, anyway, so uh, we uh, I, I want to point out though we we also did yeah, get an awesome. Uh, reception to that uh, that episode. I mean, it has just gone off the charts. Uh, you The know, last two episodes yeah. have been yeah. amazing. And we have, you know, there is some Sammy fans that were offended by that but we were. We, we didn't make up the hatred for Sammy. That shit was real. That was our honest opinion. And, uh, you know, a lot of people like to hear when we don't like shit, you know. And we try to be, you know, we're, we're just as passionate about the shit that we hate as much as the shit we love. You know, and, and a lot yeah. of people like that, and if somebody didn't like it, uh, hey, I, I hope you keep listening, you know?
0: Yeah, we didn't mean to offend you in no way. I mean, you know, just look at it this way. What You know, I'm sure you hate some fucking artist. I'm sure there's some musical person that that makes music that make you cringe, and, and you hate them with all your 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 heart, and they make you pissed and everything. Well, for us, it's Sammy Hagar, you know? Not against you. Look, look, Hey, look, you know the guy, and I'm... I won't mention his name, but you know that Sammy lover that was basically kicked off our board from Sammy shit? Oh, yeah, I know that guy. He heard the episode, and he said, you know what? You guys are right. Sammy is full of shit. I still love him. I still listen to him. It doesn't, like, take away the fact that I still love Sammy Hagar music. But, yeah, you guys brought up great points. He is a liar. Yeah,
1: so uh, great response. One thing we forgot to mention last episode, episode is on june 25th we had our one year anniversary as a podcast uh you know we, we did uh, our, our first episode remember we did the three-part thing on youtube that sounded like shit because we didn't know what we were doing uh that van halen discography thing but uh but yeah our one year anniversary was june 25th and man what a year it's been and i, I want to thank you ralph uh just just amazing how much we've grown in one year i mean by leaps and bounds yes
0: i i agree but you know what man for me it ain't a one-year anniversary so it's just us two. that's (laughs) when i feel like this show really started no i'm not bashing terrence you know i mean me and terrence get along and i'm not bashing him whatsoever um my whole point is that i think our show is completely different without him you know don't oh,
1: you agree? oh well, well, yeah, and it, it's evolved. I mean, our whole format has evolved. But you know, there's been people who have been with us since day one that are still there, and and uh, you know, I want to yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to acknowledge their loyalty and thank them for it. And I want to you know thank all the new listeners because we have a shit ton of new listeners. So many people have been joining the Facebook page, have been following us on uh, on Podbean. I mean, we have more followers than we have episodes. That's amazing. Uh, iTunes is really taken off. Uh, people using the Amazon link. I mean, it's, it's an amazing grassroots thing we have here. And uh, I, I, I love the page because I'm really active on the page Monday through Friday. And I kind of take the weekends off. And that's when we do the show for the most part and stuff like that. And, uh, man, when I'm not there... Or you're not there, doesn't miss a beat because everybody's active, we got our own little family, and uh, I couldn't be more proud. I I love it, and I I thank each and every one of you uh, for tuning in, Uh, for spreading the word. So many people share the link and, uh, you know, tell their friends about it, you know. a A lot of people have added their friends to our Facebook page, you know, said, hey man, you gotta check this shit out. And uh, man, you can't buy that kind of loyalty. You only get that from being real, and that's what we try to do each and every week. And and we appreciate you tuning in.
0: And let me tell you something—something something that really, really uh, warms the cockles of my heart. <laughs> what happened on the, uh, what happened on the Facebook page uh, yesterday was uh, finally the combat CD is is uh, released. And now we have it. And so many people on the podcast page bought a copy. And every one of them, and I'm telling you now this, anybody listening now, if you want a copy of the combat CD, I mean, for a limited time, whoever buys a copy, I'm going to send you a free download of uh, us doing uh, Creeping Death by Metallica, uh, which we record in the studio as well. But we're never going to release. So I figured that'd be a cool thing to give to people that were buying from the podcast page. And uh, I want to thank everybody. Um, God, I, there's so many people. I, I'm sorry if I don't mention each and every one of you. I, I know a lot of people, but I don't want to mention them because then other people are going to feel left out. So right. every hey, single hey, one I, of you that bought one. Yeah. I, I bought
1: one, and I could have shamed a free copy out of you, but I wanted to support you. I believe in what you do, and uh, I'm excited to get my physical copy in the mail, dude. I'm, I'm proud I of you, brother. It, I'm, I'm, uh, I would've
0: I would have... You know, I would have given you, given you one. You know?
1: I, I know, and that's why I had to buy one, dude, because I, I don't take your friendship for granted. I don't take what you do on here for granted. I don't take your music for granted. I appreciate everything you do, and uh, I want to support you.
0: Thank you. And, and what's really awesome is that when you get it, you're, it's going to change your life because we are that awesome.
1: It, that is true. That is true. <laughs> yeah, it
0: is It is the greatest, not only the greatest EP ever made, it's actually the greatest piece of music ever made.
1: <laughs> that, 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 you, you,
0: you got a point. We are like... We are like the Beatles, but but awesomer. <laughs> uh, anyway, so I don't know why you're laughing, but anyway, so so uh, anything else you want to talk about before the movie news?
1: Yeah, I wanna I wanna pay a little respect to uh, to an incredible musician that passed away, and that's Chris Squire of Yes. Um,
0: oh yeah, 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 yeah. And great am- bass player,
1: amazing bass player. So whether you like Yes or not. Chances are there's a bass player that you worship that was heavily influenced by Chris Squire. Uh, I'm a Yes fan. I'm not like huge, 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 but I, I really appreciate him and I respect them uh, a lot more than, than, than you know, the music press does and shit like that. And they have a lot of fans. And uh, it was sad to see he bowed out on this last tour because he was battling cancer. And he's the only member that's ever played on every Yes, album. Uh, oh, really? Y- yeah.
0: You mean, you mean uh, what's the face that wasn't on all the albums? John Anderson.
1: Oh, John Anderson hasn't been in the band in ten years. They they have a well, jo- really yeah. I didn't
0: even know yeah,
1: they, See, they, the they...
0: thing is, I'm not I'm not the biggest Yes fan. I'm not. Right. I'm, you know, all I really know, and I own it is uh nine oh two whatever you know, one five band, yeah with the number album. right. I love that album. Uh, oh, it's a great Rangers. album. is an amazing song. Oh yeah, but I mean they they have uh, a lot of good
1: shit and. Uh, and I yeah he,
0: through the years you know and i they're one of those bands that it's like you know there's a lot of bands i don't like and they, and they bother me this is a band that i nothing really like stuck out that i was like wow this is amazing but at the same time i did have it's one of those rare bands that i had respect for even though i wasn't really into them. you know what i mean i
1: i, I totally get that i totally because i am a casual fan uh but i have immense respect for him and uh Sad, sad to see Chris Squire passed away.
0: Um, yeah, you know, I want to bring, I want to bring up that song, their hit, that song Roundabout. That doesn't really do much about for me, but the bass playing on that song Roundabout is mind blowing. Oh yeah, he he was that an guy, amazing. Was awesome. Yeah, yeah, he was an amazing. Listen, listen bass to the player. bass playing on Roundabout. I mean, to me, that's the best thing about that song. It's just so killer. You know? Oh well, my girl.
1: My girl saw him like in the 90s and she didn't know yes from anything but had free tickets and went. And I'm jealous because I never got to see him. but uh, she said they were absolutely amazing. And, that, and that's really cool when like, you know, somebody who's not even into you doesn't know your shit shows up and you really blow their mind. And she always talks about what a great show it was. So, uh, I mean, that just speaks to, you know, the level of their musicianship and, and what a great band they were. So rest in peace. Peace, Chris Squire.
0: Yeah, all right. man. Sucks, man. We're, all, we're all dying, man.
1: Yeah, I hear that.
0: 2015 seems to be... I I had a friend just recently died. Oh, this guy was, that. like, young. I, you know, I mean, he wasn't a close friend, but I knew him. His name was Brian. Rest in peace, Brian. This guy was, like, not even 30 yet. But, you know, I mean, that's... What I, mean. I don't mean to bring you down, Ian, but, you know, oh, I called it to him. Man.
1: Oh, yeah. But, uh, you know, other than that, I take good care of myself. But... <laughs> And, uh, you know, no, right. no. I, I've, well, I, uh, I, I've been to a lot of funerals this year. Most of them are for Terrence's podcast. I think I've been to five of those. Uh, so <laughs> it's been a rough year. I, I, I know there's gonna be a funeral for the one for him and Mark pretty soon. But uh,
0: that's uh, well, all right. You went to the Cribs one. Uh, yeah, yeah. The, the one, that, the one that died of Cribs death. <laughs> oh God. The one that died of Cribs death. <laughs> thanks to chad um, Oh, but. Uh, uh, I'll keep going, let's
1: keep going Alright, let's get into some music news here uh, There's talk of I'm excited about is uh, The new Testament album uh, They're working on in the studio They expect it to be out early next year And uh, good news for Testament fans They're saying this one is Even more thrasher than the last couple And they're really going for the gathering vibe Which is good news if you're a Testament fan Because that was an incredible Fucking thrash metal album and, uh, yes, that's
0: what I want. I wasn't oh, yeah. too impressed by the last two. See,
1: see, I like the last two, but I am a huge Testament fan. But they have uh, Steve Steve DiGiorgio, the incredible bass player, uh, is back in the band now. And uh, Chuck Billy says him and Eric and and the rest of the guys are really going for this heavy thrash vibe.
0: And uh, I for one can't wait
1: because uh,
0: you know, let me tell you something. The Gathering Lombardo had a lot to do with it, man. Oh yeah, oh yeah, a lot. So maybe. Hopefully they'll bring him back, just for the album, man. Uh, well, shit, drumming on there was sick. Yeah,
1: time. yeah, but their drummer right now is Gene Hoagland. How can you bitch about that?
0: No, 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 no. no I'm not gonna bitching about it, but I like. I, I just love uh, Lombardo's uh, sporadic playing. Oh, yeah. on that album. Oh yeah, he um, was great on. Uh, Hoglan Hoglan played on the last two, and I mean I love. No, no, Hoagland. no,
1: no, no, no. No, no, he has. Uh, no. Uh, I don't know if he played on the, the last I, no I think I think it was Paul Bostoff played on the on the last two. Oh,
0: okay I didn't yeah, know
1: that yeah yeah all Paul right. Bostoff and now they got Gene Hoagland uh, and uh, I mean who everybody knows is fucking amazing drummer the atomic clock they call him uh, so I, I got high hopes for this one
0: uh, Gene Hoagland played on arguably my very favorite thrash album of all time would you know what album that is
1: that would be uh, Darkness Descends.
0: Yes, sir. The best. Okay. Sometimes I'm torn between is it that or violence, eternal nightmare or rain and blood. So some some days it is like Dark Angel because that album, boy, man, that is a killer, killer, amazing piece of thrash history right there. Anybody that hasn't heard Dark Descent and you like thrash, what the fuck is wrong with you? Get with the program and order it right now using our Amazon link. <laughs>
1: I I like that. I like the little Gene Simmons-esque thing. You remind me of myself. All right, now let's go into something that. Uh, oh God, is totally a fucking 180. But uh, but uh, Adam Lambert was in the news talking about his collaboration with Queen and how it's oh a- how it's evolved. And uh, you know, this kind of reminds me of last week's episode because I I'm curious how uh Queen like like I look at Adam Lambert like I look at Sammy Hagar. Like, are you kidding me? You know, just because don't you're... tell
0: me they're gonna make music with this guy.
1: Well, they haven't said yes and they haven't said no. But uh, well, you
0: know,
1: I'm curious how you know. I mean, just because he's gay and he prances around does not make you Freddie Mercury. And I, I am not the world's biggest Queen's Queen fan by any means. But uh you can't deny what Freddie Mercury was. And uh, and and that's the same way I feel about you know David Lee Roth. You you just you're nobody will be David Lee Roth. Nobody will have that feeling and that attitude and that spirit. And that's I really feel like you know there's no replacing Freddie Mercury. But I
0: kind of well, see. Speaking, I, speaking uh, of Freddie Mercury, did you see that Kanye West thing? Uh,
1: no, I refuse to watch that. I can't. Oh boy. That song gets on my nerves regardless. Uh, you know, no, no you offense to Queens have. fans, but uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Bohemian Rhapsody plus, plus Kanye West? No, thank you. I didn't check it out, but I did uh,
0: he, he 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 barely sings it. He makes the, the crowd sing the hard parts. Yeah, I bet. I bet. It's pretty funny.
1: But, uh, you know, I'm sure there's, there's a lot of Queen fans that, like, you know, think it's a sacrilege uh, you know, you know Adam Lambert, Queen. Well, you know what? That's how I felt about fucking Sammy Hagar. Some people are just ir- irreplaceable. If you want to go out and play music, I understand they're musicians. They want to play music. But god damn, change the name for Christ's sake. You know? I
0: am a huge fan of certain eras of Queen. Huge. I mean, right. uh, Night of the Opera, the first two albums. Ooh, Sheer Heart Attack. The 70s stuff, I, I worship that stuff. So I, I think I- that qualifies me as somewhat of a queen fan and i find it blasphemous to do queen without john deacon much less fucking freddie mercury you know what i mean yeah I, this is a band this is a band that never broke up that was always the same right. lineup all the way to the end no bands can say that but like zz top right you know right and, and uh and 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 it sh- when freddie died that fitting tribute should have been the end of it but you know, at the same time, as much as I'm against this Queen stuff, I mean, Queen with Adam Lambert or Paul Rogers or whatever, they, they pack places.
1: How about this for a crazy story? You hear about the dude for uh, the drummer from Journey?
0: Oh my God, I've never heard of such a thing. Raping your wife?
1: Yeah, and, and here's the thing, man. He was, uh, this was the latest update I heard. He was denied bail. Uh, and he was arrested on charges of uh, assault, sexual abuse, unlawful use of a deadly weapon. And uh, while they ended up denying him bail, the uh, district attorney said, like, he's totally unstable. They said, like, while he was in jail, I don't know how he got access to a phone, but he sent 122 texts and 33 calls saying basically what he's going to do to the bitch if he gets out of fucking jail. I mean, holy shit. And uh, he was also, uh, you know, he was arrested for shit similar to this two years prior with a girlfriend. So, I mean, he's showing a history here. Uh, Another story I was surprised to hear, uh, this was an interview with Bill Ward where he discussed his displeasure with the bass drum sound on Iron Man. Did you see this?
0: I saw that. I didn't read into it, but was it just that song or the whole Paranoid album?
1: No, it was just, you know, he was talking about, you know, things that you would like to do differently and change in your career, and he said that was something that always, always bothered him, but he had to let go because, you know, there's no going back. But He really wanted a bigger sound for that and was disappointed. But, uh, you, you know, those, yeah. those first couple of cybers, I mean, as perfect as they are to us, you know, there is a certain uh crude
0: production, but that is also part of the charm of it,
1: you know, in my opinion. Um
0: Yeah, but you know, I mean let me tell you something, I'm I'm just gonna talk about Iron Man. Which yeah, of course, you know, us like Sabbath heads, we're pretty burnt out on that song. It's not one of my favorites, blah blah blah. I know, yeah. But I will say the charm of Iron Man is the drumming because is drumming on Iron Man is so unorthodox and sloppy and, and that it sounds like uh, Iron Man's like clumsy, you know? It's like a guy made out of iron. And you hear how those drums are played. It, it's almost like a five-year-old playing drums. It's It sounds clumsy. And I think that adds to the charm of that song and why it is the classic it is today. That and, of course, the, the, mo- the monster riff. Right, that, uh, of course. I owe me, you know? But right. man, those drums on that song really emphasize the mood of, I don't know, I just think of Iron Man as a clumsy person.
1: Yeah, and you know, because
0: of those drums, it's awesome.
1: And uh I mean, to me, is is burned out as I am on that song. I never want to hear it again, really. But I mean, everybody hits it on that. Geezer hits it. Ozzy is incredible on it. Uh I wouldn't change a fucking lick, but you know, that's that. I mean, that it, that's
0: me. It, it, but uh, he, Bill, Bill's, Bill's the man, right. man, though, man. Oh,
1: he's my favorite drummer of all time. Uh, there you go. Have, have you listened to the new album yet, though? What album? The, the Accountable Beats, his new song. No, I have not. I have not. I, I kind of listened to a little bit of a few songs. I loaded it on my phone, and a couple of them came up, and, like, right off the bat, I was like, uh, oh, ah, ah, you know, and I kind of freaked out and skipped to the next song because I love him so much. Uh, but, man, I really didn't like what I heard. Uh, excuse me but uh, in all fairness what I really need to do is sit down and listen to it as an album how I prefer to listen to music but uh, the little bits that I heard oh man broke my fucking heart just I don't know just wasn't my style wasn't my bag and it hurts even more when it's your you know your favorite like drummer in the world but uh, I'll have to give it another lesson too but so far I wasn't too impressed
0: uh, yeah, you know, I mean, uh, Ward 1 along the way is a very strange album that I didn't really get first listening. Now it's like, I love the fuck out of that album, you know?
1: Yeah, and Ward I,
0: 1 is a masterpiece.
1: I, I still haven't listened to it all the way through.
0: It's, it, it's weird, it's kind of like him, you hear like, you know, a little Pink Floyd in it, some Sabbath and just some originality that's so good that uh, I highly recommend. Ward One along the way, which is really hard to get. Now, I do have the original album cover that he hated and they changed it afterwards. I, I bought it when it first came out. Which so one, what I have the, what, the one
1: with him with the drum on his back?
0: Yeah, that's, yeah. No, actually, believe it or not, here's the funny thing. This is wild. That album cover, Bill Ward hated it so much they changed it to an album cover where it's just a picture of him with a black background. Well, that... that version with the black background even more rare than my version oh wow okay. is not weird because mine was changed to another one that's even more rare that's that i don't think that's ever happened before but i love that album man anybody you should go and and uh punch in bill ward the song sweep like you know sweeping with a broom sweep listen to that song and also the monster they made a video called bombers can open bombay with ozzy on vocals
1: yes Amazing fucking I, I i do like that song Alright, well, there was also news in the KISS world this week. Uh, Tommy Thayer saying there may be a new KISS album uh, coming along. Gene Simmons has also hinted that there uh, could be one, but Paul Stanley also, who runs the ship, uh, says not necessarily. Uh, I don't know at this point if I even give a shit anymore. I mean, I, I love KISS. I love KISS so much, and I... While I do like how they've done the last two, Sonic, Boom, and Monster, I like the attitude. Like, no outside writers. We're going to do it ourselves. And they've gone to a more, like, roots, rock and roll, kind of like what Kiss was originally. But still, to me, the songwriting isn't there. I know you like Monster. Uh, I, I I don't think there's, a, in my mind, there's not a big difference between Sonic, Boom, and and uh and monster i think they're both a little piss poor
0: i disagree well to tell you the truth uh it would be nice but at the same time it would suck if it was a horrible album and they you know i would like them to end with monster would be good but if they make another album as good as monster i'm all for it i disagree as far as like monster sound like sonic boom i think they're like night and day because sonic boom was really them trying to be classic kids where Tommy Thayer's pretending to be Ace Freely on the solos where he wasn't doing Ace Freely on Monster. He was playing like himself. And I really dug it. I thought Monster was a great album with the exception of uh Eat Your Heart Out, which is a really horrible song. And yeah, I didn't really like uh Eric's song, whatever it was. But uh
1: let's get let's get into our last story before we get into this amazing album we're gonna talk about. And uh, I was very <laughs> happy to see uh, some video from the Bobby Blotzer Rad Experience, did you watch any of that? How was that? No, no, no. I haven't seen it, dude. I dug it. Uh, uh, excuse me. It was kind of like almost like a cover band. Well, I mean it is. I mean, it's just it it, it's just it's just Blotzer. But the guy did kind of have like a Stephen piercy esque uh, voice. It it was close enough. Uh, You know, but it was just a joy hearing these songs. I gotta admit, I mean, if this shit came, I would totally fucking go in a heartbeat. I'm a huge Rat fan. I wish they were together playing. Uh, especially I was so excited when they got Juan back and then it all went to shit. You know, it's like, oh man, you got four of the five and that's the best you can ever do because of Robin. But uh, I was so excited. I thought Inves- Infestation was a great uh, return. I think uh, Best of Me was the greatest song that any 80s band has done since the 80s. And, uh, like, where Motley Crue's always got to, like, sound like they can be contemporary. I thought Best of Me was, like, perfect. Because, like, you know what? This sounds like fucking rat. This sounds like it could have came off of any of the 80s rat albums. And it was a strong song. But, you know, unfortunately, uh, you know, uh, Piercy's pissed because they won't give him back Uh, the name and equal share in the company which is owned by uh, Warren Demartini and Bobby Blotzer and they're at a stalemate because Warren Demartini says well I'm not going to go out as rat without Piercy. you know I'm not doing this shit again and I respect that and Blotzer's just like hey fuck you man I gotta pay rent and I want to play these songs so he's doing his own thing but man it sounded good and they're playing Invasion of Your Privacy in its entirety and then they're mixing up just a bunch of other rad shit some stuff that's never been played they had a really cool set list and uh I
0: saw the set list I saw it
1: yeah it was a nice set list I it, was it was
0: amazing it was a fucking awesome set list right uh it, I, I did notice the absence of Wanted Man and I'm Insane but everything else was cool
1: yeah but I mean I, I thought it was cool that he dug out some different shit and he's and that's kind of the angle he's he's taken with this whole thing hey I'm gonna play some shit y'all never heard, you know, and that's cool because you gotta give that little something to entice people, because basically you are a cover band, but you know, besides playing uh, Invasion of Privacy in its entirety, he's throwing out Rarities, which I think is a great angle, and uh, like I said, it, it sounded good, I mean, it's hard without Piercy, and it's even harder without Martini. but they have capable musicians, but man, I'm just, I am love Warren Martini. And, uh,
0: We've, we've done a lot
1: of talking. Let's talk about The King of Shock Rock, an episode that's long overdue. Let's get into some Alice Cooper, man.
0: All right, Alice Cooper Killer, the one, two, three, fourth studio album from Alice Cooper. But, you know, since it is such a short album, we're going to actually, like, really breeze through the discography because, goddamn, he's got a lot of fucking albums. But, yes, uh, sir. You know, and uh, to tell you the truth, I am a big Alice Cooper fan, but there's a lot of his albums that I'm not too familiar with. I mean, I've heard them all, but it's just like I never, like, revisit them and I never let it sink in. Like, like good example, Killer, you know, is very sunk in. And several other ones I love a lot that pretty much sunk in that I can give you an honest review. But, you know, there will be some albums that I will not have much to say. I don't know if Ian is the same way, but we will find out now. So, look, let's go into, what's the first one? Easy Action or? No, the very first one is Pretty's For You. Pretty's For You. I did not like that album at all. As well as um, Easy Action. Those two albums I could not get into. And those I did hear enough. Because those are two albums that I was trying to get into. Trying to like. uh, uh, Unlike, you know, later albums where I heard it once or twice and I was like, I give up. This one these two albums I did not give up on and in the end it does nothing for me. How about you?
1: Uh Pretty's for You, uh definitely one of my least favorites. I mean it's it's the band uh, a total different sound, more of a Pink Floyd psychedelic rock thing. The one song I think is an absolute classic is Levity Ball. But uh not the version on Pretty's for You. There's a box set called The Life and Crimes of Alice Cooper. I own it. That has, oh, it's an amazing box set. Some great gems on that one. Definitely, if you love Cooper, pick that up. Uh, But the version of Levity Ball on there is absolutely amazing. It's so, it's like Cooper meets Pink Floyd. Uh, It's great. Now, the next album, Easy Action, I couldn't disagree with you more. I love every single track on that album. Oh my God, uh, Reflected, uh, which is an early version of Elected. But no, I I definitely love, love Easy Action. But it is, I mean, you got to be into like love psychedelic rock and shit because that's really what it is. It's far more, you know, different than uh, what the Alice Cooper Band would become. And what they would become started on their third album, the incredible, incredible Love It To Death. Their first album was Bob Ezrin. Uh, I mean, that's got, uh, you know, 18, uh, Ballad of the White Fry, uh, Long Way to Go, Black Juju, you know, Is It My Body. Uh, you know, amazing, amazing songs on that. And that's really where the Alice Cooper Band found their song, their, I mean, their sound. Uh, I love Love It to Death. What do you think, Ralph?
0: This is where the Alice Cooper ba- Band found me. Very close to being my favorite album. I uh, love this album, Caught in a Dream. You know, mm. Black Juju, fucking Hallow Good. Be Thy Name, Second Coming. Oh, Second Coming, I you love know, it. Ballad of Dwight Fry, uh, you know. No, let's get into our review, because the next album is what we are reviewing this week, and it is my favorite Alice Cooper album. Not a bad song in the bunch. I love this album so much. 1971's Killer. Which I discovered in 1980, whatever, you know, because back in the day, you know, as a little, little kid, Alice Cooper was big shit, bro. I knew schools out. I knew 18. I knew elected when I was a little kid because that would be played on regular radio, like next to Elton John and Casey and the Sunshine Band. I would hear, you know, put on your boogie shoes and, you know, Benny and the Jets and then... School's Out, you know, all in one shot, you know, and uh, Alice Cooper was a big deal, and I've always loved School's Out, and to this day, I feel like it's so timeless, that song. Now, I'll tell you something funny, my guitar player in in, uh, Thrasher Die, Elvon Misanemizer, is the biggest Alice Cooper fan. This guy is a mega fan. He owns everything, you know, you know, the panties, School's Out panties, the, the dollar bill, billion dollar bill, everything, you know, he collects Alice Cooper stuff. And he hates Schools Out. And it always baffles me. I was like, really? Yeah, he hates that song. Uh. I hate Schools Out. I was like, how can you hate that song? It's so fucking perfect. Oh, you it know? is a perfect... I, I see the overkill factor with that, but it is a
1: I, perfect song. Lyrically, musically, everything is... And it is. It's timeless.
0: It does, timeless. Not, it does not bore me. It's not like, you know... Uh, What's a good a Black Dog from Zeppelin? I cannot listen to that song anymore, you know? Right. Anyway, so, uh, so kill, I mean, I, I, my, I, I believe my, my very first Alice Cooper album was either The Alice Cooper Show or Welcome to My Nightmare. It was either one of those two. I'm not, I'm a little hazy on it. And, you know, as a little kid, like, you know, really getting into metal and stuff, uh, I was, um, a little taken back from uh, Welcome to My Nightmare. You know, songs like Steven, which I love now. But I'm saying back then it was a little too unorthodox. It didn't, wasn't heavy. That's why I always, like, gravitated toward the Black Widow and Cold Dethel. You know, I just felt like those were the two standout tracks. And the rest were like, eh, some folks and stuff like that. But now, as I'm older, I really do appreciate that album. We'll get into what we feel about it. Um, Alice Cooper's show... Uh, which could have been my first one. I I remember I love The Dead, you know, and and for some reason it wasn't a little dragged out on the Billion Dollar Babies uh, version, but I'll get into that later. I was babbling a little now because Ian ran to the bathroom. So, Ian, uh, uh, before we get into the songs, uh, tell me your little history with uh, Alice Cooper and how you discovered Killers. Oh, actually, I didn't even say how I discovered Killer. I don't know how I did. I just ended up discovering it one day, and then after a while... It finally sunk in that after I heard everything from Alice Cooper, it was like, killer. That is the best fucking Alice sure. Cooper album. Uh,
1: I was raised on Alice Cooper. It, it's in my DNA. He was one of my dad's favorite performers of all time, along with Iggy Pop. Uh, so there was, I mean, earliest memories. I'm, I'm hearing Alice Cooper records, uh, seeing Alice Cooper pictures. And, and I'll never forget like going through my dad's records as, as a child. And seeing uh, uh, the cover for Killer, which which it affected me out of many ways because I've always been, I have a fear of snakes. Snakes scare the shit out of me. Uh, And then (laughs) the way it's written on there, it looks so horrible, the handwriting. I always thought like it wasn't on the cover, so my dad wrote it on there, (laughs) you know, so he knew what record it fucking was. Because that, I mean,. uh... That's what it looks like. There's no cool logo. It looks like it's just hand-drawn on there. And for many years, I thought that was my dad's handwriting. That's but uh, uh, Alice Cooper was the first con- the first rock concert. I mean, the first concert I ever saw was Julio Iglesias, one of my grandparents. No, I'm sorry. But, uh, yeah, know, me too. But, uh, but first rock and roll concert, 1987, in Peoria, Illinois, the Constrictor Tour, with Tesla opening up. And, uh... Man, it was just, uh, it it was insane. What a great first concert, you know, to to see somebody like Alice Cooper, you know, and, and, you know, at that time he'd become sober and, and really got his game back after years of, of, you know, really suffering musically and performance wise and just in general. And he was back on top and, uh, Man, it just blew my mind, dude. I was in seventh grade and it was it was fucking incredible. And I'll, I'll never forget it. You know, probably because I wasn't drunk then, you know. But interesting story. This is way before, you know, they patted people down in concerts. You could pretty much do whatever in a concert, you know. So there's this guy in front of us in a trench coat. And uh, he opens up his trench coat and he has a bong that I swear to God was like four feet tall. It was like a retarded, stupid fucking bong. That he had like strapped into his fucking shit. I don't even know what a bong is. But I see the guy, you know, once Alice Cooper starts, the guy pulls it out of his jacket and starts hitting it. I look at my dad. I go, Dad, what the fuck's this guy doing? My dad looks at me and goes, I don't know, but breathe in the smoke. <laughs> <laughs> That's my pops. Yeah. Happy Father's Day. But uh yeah, uh, Alice Cooper, always loved him. have every album will always you know some i like better than others but i will always get a new alice cooper record uh it it means the world to me it's part of my dna part of my childhood uh i think his voice is one of the most incredible voices in rock and roll man when he does a scream or he has like that voice crack uh i think he's highly underrated as a lyricist he has amazing lyrics and uh I also love the fact while I am a non-believer I am a starch uh, you know atheist agnostic whatever the fuck you want to call it and he's a born again Christian uh, that never comes into his lyrics for the most part he's never preachy and he just does his thing dude and I respect that and I love it he is a true legend a true icon and uh and not only him but you have to give so much credit to the original Alice Cooper band because yes. it's very distinct very distinct uh heiress to me. And, and 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 so people know there is Alice Cooper, there is Glenn Brixton, there is Dennis Dunaway, there is Michael Bruce, and uh who the fuck did I forget? Uh, Neil Neil uh, Smith. Neil, Neil oh God, Neil Smith on fucking drums. Holy shit. What a fucking band.
0: Yeah.
1: And and this was a true band. And if yeah. you go back and you you look on the songwriting credits, you know, this this It wasn't just a backup band. I mean, the others wrote all this shit. You know, I I mean, Alice was involved, but these people wrote these songs, these amazing songs that are timeless, that live on forever. And unfortunately, because it's called Alice Cooper and his name is called Alice Cooper, a lot of people, you know, it's lost on them. But it's not lost on me, and it's not lost on a lot of other people. And and even though we hate, we hate, hate, hate the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I am happy that when he was inducted, it was as the Alice Cooper band, and uh, I think that's very important for for a thing that doesn't mean shit.
0: My opinion. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'll give I'll give that. I mean, but then again, at the same time, it's like, really, uh, Alice Cooper band was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Who the fuck snuck in and actually put a little sense into the place? right (laughs) but uh all right so let's get into the songs uh track one the incredible under my wheels oh man hard rocking right out the gate telephone is ringing just such a great song and it's like i don't know it's kind of like their way of saying you know we're a fucking crazy ass heavy hard rock band and we take no prisoners and look how fucking insane we are especially with Alice is yelping at the end going Wee! 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 You know, it's like it's just so fucking classic and again, this is an album you know, I, I'll be honest, of course you know, I was in 71, I was 6 years old so, I didn't get into this album till much later, but man, I went through a phase where all I would listen to was Killer for like, I'm telling you, for like 2-3 months yeah, I'd listen to other stuff, but Killer would be on every single day and and it is such an awesome opener. It's a great... I mean, this album is all over the place, but the way this song starts, it really does set the mood to what you're about to witness for the next, what, 36 minutes or so? 37 minutes and 8 seconds of there, godliness. Yeah, of godliness. Every song is, you know... every No songs alike. Every song's different, but they're all awesome. And Under My Wheels, it's more of like... Look how look how crazy hard rocky we are, and uh, he re-recorded this album with Slash, Izzy, and Axel, which you can hear on yes. uh, uh, Decline of the Western Declined Civilization, of the Western part. Part, yeah, part two. And they have performed it live. I don't know if you're aware of this. Axel and Slash went up on stage with Izzy and performed Under My Wheels live back then. Uh, I believe it was the Raise Your Fist and Yell tour because nice. I, I remember seeing pictures of it in a magazine. That would have that could have been that. Should, a killer event. That
1: oh yeah. Okay. Anyway, well,
0: what do you think of under my Under My Wheels?
1: Oh my God, Under My Wheels, amazing. Written by Michael Bruce, Dennis Dunaway, and Bob Ezrin. Uh, Michael Bruce is the unsung hero, really, of the Alice Cooper band. He wrote a lot, a lot of the songs, and especially the bigger hits. Michael Bruce was like, had that pop sensibility and it's a shame that he really uh, didn't do all that much after uh, the Alice Cooper band broke up because his songwriting is incredible and a lot of the stuff that came out of the Alice Cooper band was uh, like uh, uh, Michael Bruce and Alice Cooper were were like the Jagger and Richards Uh, they needed each other uh, but but there was a lot of fucking love and hate there you know and uh, it was always a mixture of Bruce's pop sensibility with what Cooper wanted to do and it, it worked perfect on this song but I gotta say every time I hear this song I am ashamed because I'll never forget seeing the Constrictor tour and you gotta think I was in 7th grade when this came out I had Constrictor okay that like was new and I was loving it because uh, he had the song He's Back the man behind the mask from yeah. Friday Friday 13th part Six. And I fucking loved it because I was listening, you know, at that time I was listening to Glossy and all the cock rock and stuff. And Alice put out a cock rock album. And I loved that song and he did not play it live. And I kind of fucking, I, oh. I kind of I whined a little bit as we're driving back home. And my dad's like, yeah, what'd you think? And, I, and all I kept pouting about was he didn't play He's Back, the man behind the mask. Which in hindsight now it's like thank God he didn't play I'm like he played the telephone is ringing, but not goddamn he's behind the mask. And my, I remember my dad looking at me like it was almost out of smoking the Bandit. You know, he's like, "There is no way you come from my loins." <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. bitching, bitching that he played under my wheels, but not he's back behind the mask. You know, uh, and but now like you know, as I grew in my love for Alice Cooper, you know, it's like. Man, he made the right decision, because the other song sucks. And this is an all-time classic. And and what a crazy... And this was a single in 1971, did this come out, I believe? Yes, November of 1971. And here's a song on the radio about a guy driving over his girlfriend because she won't shut the fuck up, and he's laughing about it. He's having fun. He's like, you're under my wheels now, bitch. I ain't got to hear your fucking bullshit. And it is an all-time rock and roll classic, man. I fucking love it. I love
0: it. Why don't you go to the next one? Next one for the longest time was my all- my all-time favorite Alice Cooper uh, song. Uh, it might still be, actually. Now that I think about it. Oh my God, be my lover. Greatest line ever. You know what? The, you know what the greatest line ever is in this song, right? She asked me why the singer's name is Alice. And I said, said, listen to this thing you really wouldn't (laughs) understand. That is such a classic fucking line. And just the way, it's it's almost like, you know, uh, Poppy, but heavy at the same time with the riff. And it's just, and then he goes into that whole, I can almost uh, see like the Rockets. Like, you know, kicking up their legs, you know, the the, the rock heads, uh, Yeah. You Save know, it baby, it won't you, ch- Lana? It's <laughs> so fucking awesome. Uh, it, it's, uh, it, it probably is tied for my... There's another song on here. I would not say it's as good uh, as Be My Lover. is the to, to top spot of my all-time favorite Alice Cooper songs. Definitely Be My Lover is one of them. And... Uh, and yeah, man, uh, it was great to see him play this live. I too saw the Constrictor tour, and I was a little older, so I was able to understand how awesome it was that they did <laughs> that they did not play. Because I remember, man, when that song came out and the videos, the whole video and the whole thing, and I was like, oh man. And it wasn't until I saw. I actually saw MTV aired the concert before. Oh, I sur- they used
1: to play that all the time on MTV.
0: And they aired that, I I could be wrong, but either they aired that live as it happened or v- like the next week or something. Because yeah, it was a it. Halloween special on MTV.
1: Yes, I remember. I watched it on MTV.
0: It so, amazing. I I saw the show New Year's Eve and Vinnie Vincent's Invasion open the one I saw. It was New Year's Eve in Miami uh, and Alice Cooper was sober, but I can tell you this, I was so close to the stage that number one, Alice Cooper said Happy New Year when it was already 1201. Because they were in the middle of uh school's out or something when because I remember the whole place erupted halfway through the song because it was already 12 for us. And Alice Cooper said Happy New Year, like when the song was over, it was like 1201. And I was so close that I don't know if makeup got in his eyes, but his eyes were fucking bloodshot. I was that close to the stage, believe me Wow He might have been sober I'm not saying he was drunk that night But he had bloodshot eyes And it was It was Note for note Just like what you saw And I'm sure what you saw too live The Nightmare Returns Home video That's exactly what I saw that night The same yeah. fucking show I saw on MTV And um, It was a great show too Amazing a- show uh, With Kane Roberts uh, you know, the and Kim w- Kip Winger on bass.
1: That, that's right. And Ken Mary on drums, who would later go on to House of Lords. Uh, I don't know him or House of
0: Lords. Okay. They were on Gene Simmons' record label. Oh, that's why I don't know him. <laughs> okay, bye. Uh, anyway, so um, Be My Lover, man. What a great song. What do you think?
1: Oh, amazing. And I love what you said about Almost Poppy. This song was solely written by Michael Bruce. Lyrics and everything. And I always loved that about, uh, you know, that classic line. You know, ask asked me why the singer's name was Alice. But that was written by Michael Bruce. That's awesome. Uh, it just uh, amazing. I, I love the cocky... It's almost like, uh, like what Paul Stanley would do on Wouldn't You Like to Know Me? You know, it's kind of like one of those, like... Yeah, you want to be my lover. You want to fuck me. I'm the fucking star. You know, yeah. let's not beat around the bush. Give me that tush. Yeah, you know, it's 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 amazing. It holds up to this day. It has a sexy swagger to it. I mean, there's there's a lot of uh, like almost Rolling Stones in the uh, in the Alice Cooper band. You know, like just this basic rock and roll. You know, like uh, just a just a, a grassroots, ground level rock and roll band. But, I mean, you had this stage show and then you had the lyrics that would take it to to, to where there was nobody in pop music talking about the shit they were talking about. And, uh, man, Be My Lover, all-time fucking classic. Everybody loves it. If you don't, that's your fucking problem. And then we go into a fucking epic, oh, my God, an epic song. And that is Halo of Flies. Holy shit. This was written by Alice Cooper, Glenn Buxton, uh, Michael Bruce, Dennis Dunaway, Neil Smith. The whole band was involved in this. Fucker. Bob
0: Ezra wasn't involved in this one?
1: No. No, oh, Ezra was not.
0: That's odd because yeah. it does sound there's a lot of elements of Ezrin in this song.
1: Right. But yeah, no, this, this was one written by the whole original Alice Cooper band. And uh, uh, it's just, this was them, uh, Alice said, this was them trying to prove that they could hang with uh, King Crimson and fucking uh, you know, Pink Floyd that they could do like a progressive track you know it, it, it's over 8 minutes long and it's a, a fucking masterpiece holy shit uh, man Alice's vocals on this are absolutely amazing uh, he said that they wrote it about uh, an organization like Smirsh which if you, if you do your history kids you look up Smirsh it was this uh It was like uh, kind of like a KBG meets some James Bond type shit. uh, Like a secret agency. And it's just a fucking epic, epic fucking track. Uh, I saw when I saw Kiss on the reunion tour. I remember the Melvins came on and I wasn't... uh, They were opening up. I wasn't a huge Melvins fan at the time. I I just didn't know them. And I was like, okay, I don't know this song. Fuck it, I'm going to get a beer. And I'm in the beer line, which was ungodly fucking long... And then I hear this song, and all of a sudden, I turn around like, holy fuck, they're playing Halo of Flies by fucking Alice Cooper. And I was like, so like, oh, I just want this line to move so I can get back and watch this song. And I can hear it clear as day. But I wanted to see it, man. And by the time I got my fucking beer and got back, there was like 30 seconds left, and I was so pissed. But uh, there's actually an awesome, awesome cover version of this. On an album that it's it's a co-album with Jello Biafra from the, the Dead Kennedys and the Melvins. It's called Zig Howdy It's a great album. But uh, they do an amazing cover of this, and and Jello, even though Jello's got that weird ass voice, he sounds amazing on it. And uh, Jello was a huge, huge, still is a huge Alice Cooper fan. Uh, you know, uh, Johnny Rotten is a huge Alice Cooper fan. A lot of punk people yeah. love Alice Cooper because for his time he was very punk you know just in the attitude and the presence was so like the opposite of fucking you know Captain and Tennille and and America and Three Dog Night and other shit that was on the charts at the same time here you got a guy named after a woman and uh, you know in the theatrical show and everything and dressed
0: dressed in leopard tights and big high heel shoes Oh
1: yeah. And and actually the the you know, in reading that's what most people had a problem with, like not fans, but like parents and shit in general they were more scared about Alice being a homo than they were about the horror aspect, which I find very funny. But they found that more threatening to kids. Like, you know, kids are gonna go listen to Alice Cooper, you know, and, and you know, put on mom's makeup and prance around and shit. Uh, they don't they don't care about, like, fake hangings and electrocutions and, you know, babies being massacred and snakes and stuff. But, oh, God, don't let my son come home, you know, calling himself Caitlyn, you, know? <laughs> you know. But, uh, man, Halo of Flies, a, a masterpiece. A masterpiece. What do you think,
0: Ralph? Uh, I would say it's the most important song on the album, I think. It's the most uh, well, yeah. I mean, there's a couple songs that do t- have a couple twists and turns on the album, but "Halo Flies" to me is like it's weird, it's strange, but yet it's perfect. I wouldn't change one little thing about "Halo Flies." I love the little, uh, the little keyboardish uh, noises, and, the, and it's just the direction this song takes. It's like I don't know, man. It's like uh, it makes no sense, yet it makes sense. Like, if it, if, if it was to go any other route, it wouldn't be as good. It's eight minutes of fucking greatness, ear candy. Um, but not for... I'll be honest, you know, it is a song that you won't get the first time you listen to it. I don't think. I know I, I didn't get it. Uh, it wasn't until, like, you know, when I got into that funk of just playing Killer every day for months and months, where I finally... You know, it was like, okay, you, you know, I don't know about you. I mean, I'm a weird dude. There's certain things that, okay, this is my all-time favorite song from the band, but yet this song I enjoy listening to more. Did you ever oh, that?
1: Oh yeah. Well, we've talked about this with uh, with Black Sabbath. We both agree on this. Never say die is not our favorite Black Sabbath album, but we and listen we listen to it yes. more than any other Black Sabbath I album. I listen.
0: Yep, I listen to uh, that album more than any Black Sabbath album. And I can tell you at least five that I that I, I think are are better, but going back to "Halo of Flies," yeah, like I said, man, it's 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 probably the most important song in in my opinion uh, in Alice Cooper's whole career because uh, it, it, it's so out there and it's so killer and that I love it. But going into the next track, the next track, "Desperado." <laughs> I have to say, this is another one that... Man, I don't know which one's better. This or, or Be My Lover. They're both tied for my all-time favorite Alice Cooper song. And uh, I remember hearing Desperado... Uh, before I owned this album... Because I also owned uh, Alice Cooper's Greatest Hits. And I believe that also had Be My Lover on it. And I think I think it had it under my wheels. A little rusty on that album. But I remember having that album before Killer... So I was aware of Desperado even back then, and uh, it, it, it's to me it's a, it, it's another great fucking song. To me, it's kind of like a spaghetti western rock song.
1: Oh, uh, it's it's a perfect perfect song. There's uh, excuse me, contradictions on uh what it's about. I mean, Alice has said in in other uh, in separate interviews. That he wrote it about Jim Morrison, and you can see that because there's a very, you know, Doors-esque appeal, you know, like a, almost a Riders on the Storm kind of thing going on. But he's also said he wrote it about Robert Vaughn's character in The Magnific- Magnificent Seven, which you can see that too because, you know, the whole Western motif and everything. Uh, but what an incredible song. Uh, and some of the reviews of this album uh, that for once I, I agree upon, They said, what's great about this song or this album, I should say, is every song is like a mini movie, you know, and every song has a vibe and, you know, and and a different story to tell. It's not like, you know, like everything takes you somewhere else, but it's very visual, very epic. And uh, I agree with that. And Desperado, holy fucking shit. Uh, But then let's flip this motherfucker over and go to side two. And we're going to go to two songs here that start off side two that are the least talked about songs on Killers. On Killer. But uh, I I think are just as good as anything else. And we're going to start off with You Drive Me Nervous. And this was written by Alice Cooper, Michael Bruce, and Bob Ezrin. I fucking love this song. Even the title, You Drive Me Nervous, I think is genius. You know, it's like, oh, you drive me crazy. No, you drive me nervous. You really... Fuck me up, bitch. <laughs> you know, it's like incredible, incredible lyrics, incredible music. Uh, you can't even call this killer filler because it's not filler. It's just a phenomenal fucking album track. Uh, I don't know if this, I doubt this was ever played live. This or the next I, saw
0: him, I saw him play it live.
1: Oh, well, fuck me running. All right. Well, you know, already know I love this. You talk about this and I want to hear about you saying about how he played it.
0: I, you know, I am a little rusty. If it was, uh, I I believe it was, um, the Dirty Diamonds, or either that or Dragon Town. One of the, I'm because he played this place called Pompano Beach Amphitheater, and I know I saw him play it there, and I saw both tours there. So I'm a little, I don't know which show it was, but yeah, man, he actually played "You Drive Me Nervous" and it drove me crazy. It drove me nuts when he played it. That night he opened with "It's Hot Tonight" too, which I I love that song. Anyway, so uh, I oh, man, this actually when I was in that you know craziness with uh, the killer album, this was the one song that would stick to my head. With Desperado, it was like one of those songs that you can't get out of your head. I do have a complaint about the song though. What I yeah, and I'll tell you this now because when I bought the album and I played it, I thought my album was defected because of that 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 what what is that that sound? Yeah, uh, the the drum sound sounds like it, it's not right. Like no <laughs> way is this Bob Ezrin. It sounds weird, man. It sounds like you know, like kind of like if a tape was warped. It does have a weird sound. That I... what do they call that thing? The drum thing, you know? It's that that little thing. Oh fuck, I don't know. I'm not a drummer, okay? But um, it does have a weird sound to it. it, it but that's the only complaint I have. And I always and actually. <laughs> Believe it or not, I went and bought the album again, thinking I had a defected album. <laughs> I actually did, but uh, no, I didn't. And uh, but lucky enough, the the album I bought again was an original pressing with the calendar and I was super hanging. I have that one, so I have both versions.
1: I have uh, on my CD that I bought uh, in like probably like '88 is is a Warner Brothers pressing, and it has the calendar in it.
0: Yeah. It's awesome. I love Uh, it. And and the classic picture of Alice Cooper hanging, I had that shirt. I bought it for the Constrictor Tour. They had a shirt with that. Yeah, yeah. The Constrictor Tour had that shirt. Alice hanging. It said Alice Cooper on it. I bought it. I had that shirt. And I know I have pictures of me wearing that shirt, but Uh, like every fucking shirt in the 80s, they do not survive.
1: Well, I, I had one, but I think mine was like the cover of Constrictor, and I had the program and a kid stole it from me in junior high. Damn. Oh, I was so pissed because I loved that program. It was so awesome. I need to look for that on eBay.
0: Yeah. The, I, actually, you know, uh, unfortunately, they weren't selling the program at the Miami Show. Oh, yeah. I had it. <laughs> yeah. I had it. Same thing with Shout at the Devil. I, I saw, like, somebody had a Shout at the Devil tour book, and I go, they weren't selling that shit. I would have bought it, you know? Anyway, so, uh, yeah, I, You Drive Me Nervous is, um... You Drive Me
1: nin-nin-nervous. nervous n- Nervous! 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 No, nervous, whoa, no whoa, whoa, whoa!
0: God, I love that shit. It's just insane. It's an insane song, but the production of those drums, it, it just baffles me how Bob Ezrin did that, you know? It's like, it's I don't know. I, I, me. It doesn't bother you? No, it,
1: the, I don't know. It's just a short, awesome... I mean, it's only like 2 minutes and 28 seconds.
0: It's just a yeah, it short
1: is. little punky fucking Brewster. <laughs> you know, it's
0: awesome. No, I I love it. Again, you know, I, I have to say one of the better best tracks on the album too. You know what I mean? And so far, uh, none of these songs are bad. Take this to the next one, which another song that gets stuck in my head a lot. It's such a great fucking song. I would put it at the bottom of the list of all the songs. I think I'd pick every song above this one, but it is a scale of one to ten, a twenty.
1: I agree a thousand
0: percent. This album is so good. You know, I mean, I hate to stack. I hate to say yeah, yeah, yeah is the worst song on the album. There's nothing. You should not use the word worst with yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, because that song is so good. And again, it's it's a it's one that can get stuck in your brain and you could be, you know, hearing it all day going through your head. This this whole album has shit like that. But uh, I love yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you think?
1: Oh, amazing! Uh, you could be the devil. You could be. You the could man. be the thing. Damn! Well, I really can't tell by the way of your behavior. Yeah. Oh man! Uh awesome. This was written by Alice Cooper and Michael Bruce. Uh, an amazing track, dude. Um, good luck. again, maybe this has been played, and I don't know. But man, if if he pulled this shit out, like. Me and the hardcore fans would go fucking ape shit, man, because it, yeah. it is, is awesome. And like I said, I can't even call it Killer Filler because it's not filler. It's an awesome fucking song. Yes. But it does lead into the amazing, the amazing. And this is the other song on the album that was written entirely by the Alice Cooper band, and that is Dead Babies. Holy so- shit.
0: How they got away with this in 1971, I am never, I'll never know. Holy shit. <laughs> why this wasn't a bigger hit? Oh, okay. yeah. uh, well, I know that. I know why. <laughs> you know.
1: Oh, my God. What a great, uh, amazing, disturbing song uh, that is very... Still. Yeah. Still to this
0: day, it's still fucking disturbing. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, and it, because... It's something that carries on to this day. You know, it's about child abuse, child neglect. And, uh, oh my God, is this song amazing. Uh, and when he would do this song live, he would have the, the, the you know, the, the uh, dolls and stuff. He would cut up and, you know, throw out arms and legs into the fucking show of the, of the dolls and there's stories of people freaking out, (laughs) you know I mean, you gotta think back in the day when this was recorded, a lot of people taking acid oh, I miss those days Uh, but like of of women freaking out, you know that either maybe neglected their baby or did something wrong and, and losing their shit but it's just an amazing song and it has something, when I used to play guitar uh I there's a little I call it the Beatles crescendo. You know, because it's the, the I want you, you know, the don't 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 You know, the Beatles do that very well in I Want You. And and it works great in this. A lot of bands have done it, but it, it's 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 such a creepy fucking uh you know, walk on the guitar. But it sounds so good and so effective. Uh, that I could do that shit for hours and I could listen to it for hours. Uh, Dead Babies is, is, is amazing. And uh, there's a lot to be learned from this song, musically, lyrically, uh, an all-time classic that actually says something important. I absolutely love it. What do you think about Dead Babies?
0: They can't take things off the shelf. That's right. Uh, um, yeah, man, what can you say? Very Bizarre. Bizarre fucking song Very out there Even had a little baby crying in it and, You know uh, died, died from an overdose of aspirin The fuck man <laughs> the fuck? 1971 you know And uh, this shit's getting You know it's just To me it's mind blowing and groundbreaking and, um, and, and And you know It's a shame how the, you know Alice Cooper's opening for Motley Crue you know, yeah. it's like, what the, what the oh, fuck? I, it should,
1: and then right before should, that, he was opening up for uh, Iron Maiden.
0: But you know what? In reality, if, if it was a perfect world, Motley Crue should be doing their farewell tour opening for Mo, for, uh, for Alice Cooper. Correct. That's how I feel. Dead babies, a fucking classic. Uh, out there, again, kind of like Halo of Flies. It does take some twists and turns musically. But not as much as... Oh my lord! What an amazing, amazing closer, killer. Which, by the way, Ian, this is really weird. I'm gonna tell you this. Ian and I last week were, t- you know, we always discuss. Well, what are we gonna review next? And then I brought up, hey, let's do Killer. Or maybe it was you. I forgot. No, no,
1: you you brought it up, and I was very happy.
0: All right. So uh, okay, let's do Killer next week. I got a message from a guy um, on you uh, on YouTube saying that he actually met Alice Cooper and he showed him on his iPhone or whatever the fuck, whatever the fuck he had. He showed Alice Cooper the whole killer video I made for this next song. Wow. This, I mean, I hope it's true. And Alice Cooper said, and I quote, this is the greatest Alice Cooper fan made video I've ever seen in my life. Wow. That's I really awesome. hope that's true. That's awesome. I really I really hope that shit, and the guy's I believe name the is... The way
1: you do these videos, dude, I believe it, because you do a fucking phenomenal fucking job. Seriously, well, thank you. Seriously, seriously, I'm not just kissing your ass. The job you do and the way you sync shit up is amazing. And it's the whole reason why I don't do videos, because I don't think I can top you. And I, have you I don't seen, like have you seen do my... shit if I can't top you. And that's why I, yeah. I give
0: up. Have you seen my killer video? No. Oh, well, let me explain something to you that'll make you go watch it. This is why I—it's one of my favorite videos. You know, at the very end of the song, where it kept like that beat, like, bow, yeah, bow! Every time it does a bow, there was there's either uh, Alice Cooper hanging, his head getting chopped off, him impaling people, him cutting throats. You know, it's constant like Alice Cooper uh, gore, one after the other, bow, 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 And you know, even before that, you know, him with the snake and. And then at the very end, when it does that weird noise, like Zzz, that noise, I have footage of Alice Cooper strapped to a chair where there's these, these like skeletons putting a ray, like a, a laser in his mouth, you know, and his, his mouth is glowing green. It's like, Zzz. it's like the perfect footage for that sound. Nice. You, know? you got to see this song. And Killer is, oh, and I also want a, a little shout out to, you remember the band called Bitch? I've heard of them I don't know them, uh, but I've heard of them well the female singer Betsy Bitch is yeah, her name yeah. huge Alice Cooper fan that on her arm she has a, a tattoo of just his eyes you know the, with the makeup uh, she also like loved my killer video she went as far as saying it's the greatest thing that, that Alice Cooper like she's ever seen of Alice Cooper as far as video footage has gone so, yeah, I, I advise everybody to go check out that video. I also made a video for Billion Dollar Baby, but check out my video for Killer. I It's one of my favorite uh, videos. It's actually one of the rare videos I made where I don't sync him up singing because Alice Cooper is such a killer visual artist right. that all you see through this whole song is just footage of his theatrics and his, you know, the snake, the, the dead baby, you know, all that weird shit he did on stage. Where I also span the whole Alice Cooper career, I don't just keep it then, you know. I you know I have Alice Cooper all the way up to I think Brutal Planet Down, but there's a lot of original Alice Cooper footage. But, you know where uh, I think it was uh, Michael Bruce jumps on Alice. Did you ever see that footage live? I think he actually so. jumps on him. You gotta see it, dude. It's like, dude, it's not fake. He actually jumps on him and knocks him on the ground. It's pretty brutal. It's pretty violent. But you, you check out this fucking video I made, and check out this song "Killer," and check out this album. Now I'll get into the song "Killer." Killer again, like Halo flies and Dead Babies, takes so many weird turns, but it is so cool. It's so awesome, with the uh, you know. And oh, and I also want to say the beginning of the song. You can tell Twisted Sister like really borrowed that at the end of "Street Justice." Right, right, you know, right the whole, yeah. Yeah, it's very, you know, but, you know, D. Snyder loves Alice Cooper, so you can tell they got that from there, because you can tell it's like, you know, somebody getting persecuted in court, in an in insane, uh, unruly courtroom, uh, and then it goes into Killer, and oh my God, what a great fucking song. It is uh, the, the perfect way to end a perfect album. What do you think of Killer?
1: Oh my God, I mean, it's cool. I mean, you, you fucking pretty much nailed it for this song. But I just love... uh, I love the way he sings on this. And I love the way he starts uh-huh. it off. It's almost like in a different way. It's like... What did I do to do? Such a fate. I didn't really want to get involved in this thing. I love that. Someone handed me this gun. And I, I gave it everything. And then he's like, yeah. I give it... Perfect! Perfect! He fucking nails it! And then everything's great. And then, sonically, you know, when you hear at the end, it's a man getting hung for his crime. You know, and then they're like... It's fucking amazing. And, uh... Oh, my God. You're absolutely right. I mean, perfect way to end this. And what a fucking epic... Another one I've never heard live. Um... but unfortunately, for my dumbass, I've only seen Alice Cooper three times. I'm going to see him for the fourth time when uh, the Motley Crue Tour hits here in September, I believe. And uh, and I can't wait. Uh, I'm sure the, 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 the set list will be the same, and I'm cool with that. But God, what I, what I wouldn't give to here. You know, I would love to see an Alice Cooper headline show, which unfortunately, the way things are these days, you're probably not going to see. I mean,
0: no. Uh, unless you come to South Florida, the guy right. always headlines uh, Hollywood. Yeah, in, in
1: art certain markets, you're gonna see it. Unfortunately, here probably not. My best bet would be like it could be played, uh, you know, House of Blues and Biloxi. But then again, that's a casino place. Every time you see a, an artist at a casino show, they're always shorter shows. Little heads up there, if you're gonna see somebody at a casino. It's always going to be an abbreviated set list because the casino enforces that because they want you out there gambling. I've I've learned that the hard way. Some of these casino shows cost a lot of money, but you always get abbreviated set lists because they want you out there pissing away your fucking dollars. But anyway, man, what an amazing ending oh to this incredible I album, mean, I just I can't stop looking at it. I, I've got the cover up. While I'm, while i you know, we're doing this, and I just keep looking at that snake and the way Alice Cooper killer is drawn on, drawn on there so ha- haphazardly
0: I wonder if that album cover is like enhanced, because man, that that tongue coming out of the snake is like perfect, it, you know? It's yeah. Like, I, and you know how how a tongue comes out of a snake? It's super fast. It's like you can see the tongue. I
1: I, I don't know. You know. I don't. I think they had CGI right there. I think somebody did a good fucking job.
0: Yeah, a great picture, man. It got it right on the spot. Uh, Anyway, Ian, we got to go through this whole discography. So let's uh, wrap up Killer and let's breeze through the rest. We have been talking a while. Well, I just want to say a a quick,
1: you know, some quick closing stuff on this album. It came out November 27th, 1971. Uh, Recorded at RCA Studios in Chicago, produced by Bob Ezrin. This was the first tour where he brought out the snake. It was the first tour where he did the mock hanging. And uh, they really developed the Alice Cooper stage show. Uh, that would go on for years and years. But uh, that's killer. Let's talk about the next album, School's Out.
0: All right. You go, you go with the School's uh, Out. School's Out is right up there
1: with killer for me. A lot of people are like, eh, man, I love it. Fucking, uh, you know, uh, Gutter Cans versus the Jets or whatever. Uh, fucking Alma Mater one of my all-time favorite Cooper songs. Blue Turk my stars the title track absolutely amazing all-time great classic rock record what do you think
0: i was disappointed actually. really um yeah i love i i do love gutter cats versus jet schools out i like public animal number one thought that was a good great tune. song uh Altamata too i actually like that one too but you know it was like too much you know you already heard what i had to say about instruments you blow into and there's a lot of it on this album and it kinda like takes away like Looney Tune I really oh, I liked Looney and Looney it too. But then it lost me like midway through it with all the trumpets and shit. That, but, that's my know. best
1: one. <laughs>
0: okay, yeah. But uh, let's go to the next one, which I I really love. Uh, and and it is highly loved by many people. Uh, Billion Dollar Babies. Oh man. Hello Hooray. Raped and Freezing, I mean is one of the most underrated out of the songs. You know, of course, elected billion-dollar baby, generation landslide, sweet, na 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 na, <laughs> sick things. I love the dead. Great, great album. I love billion-dollar baby. Yep.
1: Oh, same way. Another one you left out is Mary Anne. Lo- <laughs> oh yeah, Mary Ann.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before I love the dead.
1: Then we go into Muscle Love, which is the last album recorded by the Alice Cooper band. Uh, I love this fucking album. It was their first album in a long time, not produced by Bob Ezrin. It was produced by Jack Douglas, who did all the classic uh, Aerosmith albums in the '70s. Did a you know first Cheap Trick album, some uh, John Lennon. Uh, I think it's very underrated, but you can see a band that you know was burned out by nonstop recording and touring. Uh, the title track alone is an all-time Alice Cooper classic. I really love Muscle Love. What do you think, Ralph?
0: Uh, It's all right. I mean, I I know it was your pick of the week and you love this one. Um, Maybe I should give it more of a chance. I do own that box and everything. Actually, because of your pick of the week, uh, I actually was going through my album like, oh, let me listen to this because I I don't really listen to it enough. And I put it on and there was not one song on there where I said, ooh, this is uh, awesome. But then there was no song on there that I went... Nah, this ain't doing nothing for me. It was good. I it, I think it's an album I should revisit more and let it more blend in because I I don't really uh I, I haven't it hasn't really touched the nerve with me. But of course the title track, which was on Alice Cooper's hits, I fucking adore. I love that song. Yeah. And,
1: of, and uh, Teenage Lament '74. uh, the uh yeah,
0: movie. I love that one too. That's another good one. And wait, 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 there was another one on there I really liked. Um, Cause I don't have it here with me. I mean, uh,
1: Woman Machine, working up a sweat. I, working up a sweat. That was the one. Yeah, yeah.
0: All right, that that was good. What comes on after that is Welcome to My Nightmare, right?
1: Yeah. Then then the Alice Cooper band breaks up and we go into the solo era that kicks off with the mega album, uh, Welcome to My Nightmare. What do you think, Ralph?
0: I love that album a lot. I didn't get it that much when I first heard it. Uh, you know, when I first heard it, I described. I I talked about it earlier, how. Yeah, you know, I only liked the Black Widow and uh, Cole Defo because those were like the only hard rockin'. But man, now I love like Some Folks and, and Steven is a masterpiece and, you know. Oh, yeah. Uh, Devil's Food. I love that whole album. I think that um, it's it's strange, peculiar, but I think it's an incredible album. And Only Women Bleed. I love that song.
1: Oh, incredible. Uh, I, I love it too. Uh it always makes me sad because I know it's the end of the, you know, of the original band that I hold so sacred. But uh, I, I do love "Welcome to My Nightmare." There's no dispute in the classic that it is. And uh, then we go into "Goes
0: to Hell." What do you think about that one, Ralph? That one I do not like. There's one. There's two Alice Cooper albums I can't stand, and this is one of them. I hate it. Um, I, I love the title track. That's about it. I Never yes. Cry is not that bad.
1: I, I love I Never Cry. Great song.
0: I, I, I like that one too. That's it. The rest is like, there's yeah. this. I, I hear disco on this album.
1: Oh, yeah. No, the, there is disco on that. You know, there's no getting around it. There is disco on that. Uh, I like it. It's not one of my favorites. It's another one, like, I listened to it and I was like, fuck, get the band back together. You're, you're fucking yeah. up. But, uh, you know, it's Bob Ezrin again. And then we lead into another one that was even more perplexing for a lot of people Lace
0: and Whiskey. What do you think about that? I love It's Hot Tonight. That song rules. I like Road Rats for some reason. I really like that one. Yeah, Road Rats. You and Me is a good little bout. I enjoyed it more than uh, Goes to Hell. But I'll be honest with you, this, like Muscle of Love, is not one I've heard too much. And I did buy this album for two bucks at a used place about. Uh, six months ago or so and uh, I think I played it once and you know it's not an album I'm too familiar with so I, but yeah those songs I just mentioned I really do like uh, what do you think uh, not bad but not great uh, there is
1: uh, you and me I think is one of the best ballads I might even like it more than fucking Only Women Bleed I really love you and me uh, Frank Sinatra covered that song Wow. Uh, yeah, live. relates, And he, he met Alice Cooper. He told Alice Cooper, he goes, you keep writing them and I'll keep singing them. Wow. And, uh, you know, of course, Alice fucking, I mean, how could the chairman of the fucking board says you wrote a good song? That's got to make you fucking happy. Uh, but it kind of shows you where he's going, too. You know, uh, you know, he became, you know, the ballads were what was hitting for him. And he kept doing that. Uh, then after Lace and Whiskey he did put out the Alice Cooper show but the next studio album is From the Inside produced by David Foster yeah. who is known for like working with Chicago in the you know 80's Chicago not 70's Chicago but a very poppy producer there's a lot of guests on this album uh, Rick Nielsen's on a couple tracks uh, the lyrics were co written with Bernie Taupin who wrote uh, you know all the lyrics for Elton John in the 70s uh, great lyricist the album's about his stay in a insane a asylum you know he went, he went to, uh, for a rehab he went to a fucking insane asylum and all the songs are written about characters that he met while he was in this insane asylum in New York and, and it is so weird and all over the place but I I gotta say dude I love that fucking album it's just fucking bizarre but I love it what do you think?
0: I adore this album. It's one of my favorites of his uh, solo career uh, after the Alice Cooper band. Yeah, I have to put it up there. You know, it's, oh. it, it it sounds like an Elton John album musically too. Yeah. Oh you yeah. Know, well, he that. also he also used uh, Davey Johnston,
1: uh, Elton John's guitar player, and a lot of Elton John's backing band played on the album as well.
0: Serious. I love that song. Oh. From the, uh, the Nurse Rosetta. Nurse Rosetta. Inmates were all crazy. How you gonna see me now? Is a great ballad. Uh, the quiet room. I just love this whole album for Veronica's sake. Oh yeah. Oh
1: for Veronica's sake. I love yeah, that.
0: God, you know, it's just a great Jackknife Johnny. The whole album uh, is great. There's not one song I don't like. A uh, Million Billy. Yeah, I'm a little. You know, that one's a little too hokey for me, but uh, I can stand it. But it's 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 to me like the, the low point Wait, of the album. Million Billy.
1: Oh, Million, Million. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I think that's the low point yeah, of the album. Yeah,
1: the, the funny thing, that, that song is a, a duet with Kiki D. Yeah, who that did. did. Who, who did Don't Go Breaking My Heart with Elton John. Yeah,
0: Elton. with Elton John. Very Elton John-ish album. Yeah, I love Elton John, so I have no quarrel yeah, with
1: Yeah, no. S- it, same here.
0: Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's an off, I think from the inside is very underrated, too. I mean, there ain't and, one uh, hit on, on here, you know?
1: And, and what I will say... uh Oh my God. What a great album cover. And the album yeah. opened up from the middle. Yeah. Like, get the two Alice Cooper eyes and you open up. The the packaging on that album is a crumb. If you can find it on vinyl, on original, get it. Pay
0: for yeah. it. It's worth it. And it's if awesome. you do have it, I don't. So send it my way. There you go. Um, I love that album. And then we go into the blackout weird period, right? That's where this is the part. These are the, uh, the next... Four albums, right? Is it four or three or four? I, I think, yeah. Four. It's I, four uh, albums.
1: Four that he doesn't remember.
0: Yeah, the blackout period, which I really, I love them all because they're so fucking weird. And uh, 1980s flush the fashions, what kicks it off. I do remember when this came out because Clones was on the radio back then. I love and, that
1: song. It's a yes. cover, by the way.
0: I did not know that.
1: Yes. It's oh. a cover. And, and Smashing Pumpkins did a cover. Of the cover. Uh, that, anyway. That's actually, uh, I, know, I know you don't like Smashing Pumpkins, but if I was you, check out the cover. I think you would like it, even if you don't like Smashing Pumpkins. Right. I think they do a good job. I'll give it a chance.
0: But I love, uh, uh, Flush the Fashion's uh, uh, an awesome, incredible album, but it's weird, new wave ish, but it does have one of my all time favorite Alice Cooper songs Pain. I adore Pain. I love that fucking song, that song's incredible, which was featured in the movie Rhodey. Um Alice Cooper actually singing that song pain. Uh, what a great great song, I love it, it's a weird album it's not for everybody, the next four albums aren't for everybody, but I dug Flush the Fashion, what do you think?
1: Uh, it, produced by Roy Thomas Baker who uh, worked a lot with Queen uh, you know, did the Cars Magic City, uh I, i'm really not on board on this album maybe i have to listen to it some more i have it uh but it just didn't grab me to me it was more about uh the musicians he had at the time to me it wasn't as strong as the alice cooper band and it really just sounded like uh you know him being backed by studio musicians i don't think the songwriting was that great um, but i mean there's a, with every alice cooper song there's a song here and there that i love uh but this definitely isn't one of my favorites then we go into Special Forces which uh, my dad saw this tour in uh, Indiana and uh, you know he was like holy shit to see Alice at this point because Alice weighed about fucking 57 pounds I mean he he looked horrible oh, oh he was in such bad shape They do a horrible redo of Generation Landslide I didn't really care for. Uh, They do a cover of uh, 7 and 7 Is by Love. Uh, My favorite song on this album didn't actually make the album, but was on, if you look on the record, it says there's a song called uh, Ripping the Sawdust Out of My Teddy Bear. Oh, yeah, yeah. Isn't
0: Isn't that on the box set?
1: It is on the box set, but it didn't make it on the album, even though it's printed on the back. And I love that fucking song. I mean, it's weird. It's so fucking, you know, out of place, but I love it. But uh, Special Forces really doesn't do much for me. What do you think?
0: I loved it. I love, I, as I said, I like them all. I like uh, Who Do You Think We Are, that song. I like Prettiest Cop on the Block. Uh, you Look Good in Rags, Vicious Rumor. Um, You're My Movie. I liked it. It's weird, it's strange, but I don't know. I just dig it. Just like the... The next one would probably be my least favorite of the four weird ones, uh, "Zipper Catches Skin," which, uh, by the way, there's a very funny commercial for this album that you can see on YouTube. Oh, nice! Uh, I did like Zaro's accent. It's a weird fucking song, but I like it. Uh, and uh, oh, no, no baloney, Homo Sapien. <laughs> that, that fucking title alone. I like girls is fucking weird. Tag you're it. Uh, it's a good album. It's you know, it's that this one. You know, I, I like the two previous more, but it has its moments. You know, it's but it's my least favorite of the four uh, weird albums.
1: Um, yeah, I, I tell you, I love the fucking album title, "Zipper Catching Skin." Holy shit, because who doesn't know that pain if you're a man? Everybody at some point has got that shit caught in the zipper, and that
0: shit's fucking terrible. And there's that little blood smudge on the album cover. Oh yeah.
1: Oh yeah, and they got all the all the song yeah. titles around the album
0: cover. All right, um, and I got I I have this vinyl, by the
1: way. Nice, I do have it on vinyl. Far and away, my favorite track on this album, which happens to be definitely one of my favorite Alex Cooper solo album. Uh, I mean, uh, so, uh, solo era songs is "I Am the Future."
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and did, that, and, I I said that one, didn't I? I think no,
1: it, no, but that is from... The, yeah, I love that one. That is from the movie I gave you when you were here, Class of
0: 1984. I'm going to watch it today. It's a I theme, ain't got shit dude, to that
1: movie is amazing.
0: Yeah, and, cool. and he
1: did the theme song. Uh, I like the version better. It's a different version on the album than what's on the soundtrack. And on the box set, they have the soundtrack version, which I think is superior. But an amazing, amazing song. But the album as a whole, whole, you know, he's got the song about fucking uh, uh, what's 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 a horrible one about uh, Scrooge or whatever. I don't know. This, this album, uh, really, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, yeah.
0: Uh, make make that money.
1: Yeah, I take I, I take a pass on this shit. And then we go into the last one of the Blackout album, uh, Blackout albums, which is probably my favorite of the Blackout albums, and that is Dada. Uh, Dada, it's fucking weird, dude. It was his last Bob Ezrin album for number of, number of fucking years. Uh, but it's him, uh, Dick Wagner, came back. And they wrote some really good songs. Uh, some of the productions dated. But uh, there's just something about this album that is very Alice Cooper, especially lyrically. It, it's just a weird-ass album. And I love the weirdness of it. It, kinda, it reminds me of from the inside of just how fucking weird it is. What
0: do you think? Dada. I love this album. This fucking album is my favorite of the blackout period. Yeah, we one we agree. The, one of the ones I listen to the most, too. I also, also have this one on vinyl. I actually hunted this one on eBay to get on vinyl because I love it so much. I, I, man, I want that on vinyl, man. Yeah, I, I love Enough's Enough. Uh, I, actually, I don't think I, I dislike any song on this enough's album. enough, Enough's 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 Enough. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. It's so weird. Dyslexia and... It's Scarlet and Sheba I love America. What a great oh, song that, that one is. that is
1: funny as shit.
0: That's a, I love a girl that likes to f- 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 flirt. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and the snake says, "Yeah, I love I love America." is such a classic, classic. Oh, Alice awesome, Cooper awesome
1: song.
0: Hilarious. It's kind of like a novelty, funny song that doesn't get old, Literally. which is rare. Awesome because most funny songs get old and, and I, you know? I gotta
1: give a shout out to our friends uh at the decibel geek podcast they do a they do a series called albums unleashed where they talk to like somebody who was involved in the production of uh, of a certain album and they talk to dick wagner about oh, about cool, cool. making this album and if, if you like dada or you like alice cooper check out that episode uh it's. I am. It's, it's am- Oh yeah, definitely. If you haven't heard it,
0: they, so they they talk about the whole album. Oh yeah, with
1: Dick Wagner, they oh, go track. Oh, I got, I definitely oh, yeah. got to listen they, to that. They go they go track by track. It's a great episode. Awesome. Great episode. Nice. Uh, so then Alice goes dormant for a few years. Uh, you know, three he, three years. Yeah, he gets cleaned up and uh, and then he comes back in in the middle of the cock rock era. You know, he comes out in '86 yeah. with a Constrictor. You know, and this is all about, like, Judas Priest, Turbo, Ozzy, Ultimate Sin, Motley Crue, Theater of Pain, and uh, Alice, uh, as I found he's done for the most part in his solo years, follows whatever trend's going on. So, in this one, he follows the Cock Rock trend and comes out with the Constrictor. And this is one I loved at the time it came out, but, man, this has not aged well at all with me. What do you think, Ralph?
0: Oh, right, right from the get-go. I went and bought this album uh, after I saw the the MTV concert. And even back then when I bought it, I thought, boy, there's some filler on this but album. But I, I, you know? I do
1: love Life and Death of the Party. I love that. I, did, I, I
0: didn't like that. Really? Uh, believe it or not, I like Throw My Throw Gorilla because it's so oh, stupid. Oh, I know, it's, it's, it's horrible. It's so stupid, it's awesome. <laughs> uh, I think Teenage Frankenstein has held up. I think The World Needs Guts has held up, which I actually did it in a band that didn't last too long, but we did. We actually covered The World wow. Needs Guts.
1: It's such a, wow.
0: Such a great fucking song. Uh, Trick Bag is pretty cool. Uh, Give It Up is alright, and uh, that's pretty much where I end. The rest, like, Crawley yeah. and The Great American Success Story. Yep. He's the, back, the, the man behind the The Great American
1: Success Story was supposed to be on yeah. the soundtrack for... Uh, Not easy money. What's a back to school? But it ended up getting rejected. But that's what the song was about. He wrote it for that movie.
0: Oh well. Yeah. As I said, I mean, it it is chock full of fillers, but it has a little highlight. "Teenage Frankenstein" to me is a classic Alice Cooper song. Great. Now, the next one. I mean, yeah, you were talking about rock. I mean, I think the next one Alice Cooper went more into traditional metal. I think it's probably his most heavy metal album. Uh, raise your fist and yell
1: yeah.
0: I love this album. I think I still think it's fucking great uh, you know it opens up with freedom you know anti-censorship song you know lock me up is awesome give the radio back that was okay step on is pretty damn cool not that kind of love is pretty like you know rip roaring uh, prince of darkness which was on the movie uh, of the same name where Alice Cooper does a cameo in the movie as a homeless guy Who I believe impales a dude with a bike. I'm a little... A little rusty. I did see it in the theater, but I can't remember. Time to Kill Rules. Chop, Chop, Chop. Maybe my favorite. Along with the next two tracks. Gale and uh, Rose on White Lace. Notice I mentioned every damn song. Because I love this fucking album. Raise Your Fist and Yell is... uh, Definitely my my favorite. uh, Of the... the, This era. Because if you notice, uh, Alice goes through eras. You know, he usually does, when he does an album, the next album's kind of like it. And uh, this one is my favorite of uh, that era, Raise Your Fist and Yell. What do you think?
1: Uh, it's not bad. Uh, I. It, it's funny, like, looking back, at the time, I didn't like it as much as Constrictor. But now I like it better than Constrictor. I think it was him trying to mix old Alice Cooper with current Alice Cooper. Uh, production kind of kills it for me. It just sounds very of the times. But uh, I love Roses on a White Lace. I think is a great song. Uh,
0: But uh, Chop, Chop, Chop. That's my favorite. See, I
1: I got to listen to it. It's been a while since I listened to it. Uh, But at the time, I was like, eh. But then he came back with an album that I really loved at the time. But now it's kind of like, eh. But Trash. Uh, I think there's some great, great fucking songs on Trash. And I think there's some filler, too. But uh, I, I think Poison is a great song. Uh, uh, I really there's, God, The song Trash I really love. Uh, there's a lot of guest people on it, like Kip Wingers on it. Well, who was in the band before, but, you know, came back after the success of Winger. Uh, uh, John Bon Jovi and Richie Sambora are on the fucking album. Uh, there's some shit I love. There's some shit I hate. But once again, it's like... Uh, Alice conforming to the times and this is something like you know Kiss did you know after Love Gun and Alice Cooper did the same thing like they had this sound that made them what they were and then it seems at some point they started second guessing themselves and they jumped on whatever trend was popular. Disco's popular we're gonna do some disco songs. You know Cockrock's popular we're gonna do some cock rock songs and blah 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 you know they would keep chasing trends but then eventually they would come back into the realm. but we'll get into that later but uh, Trash, uh, I, I still love
0: it for what it is what do you think? Uh, like Goes to Hell this is an album I just can't listen oh, okay. to uh, I, I really dislike this album and you know, the next album there was elements of it but I think it was uh, a huge um, you know, leap forward into what I would like uh, Hey Stupid uh, though it does have a lot of the elements of of uh, trash, but I, I dug it, man. I, you know, I didn't mind like Snakebite and uh, Feed My Frankenstein. Hurricane Years was really cool. Uh, you know, the the rest was like, eh, you know. But um, it was it was an improvement, though. It's not something I run back and listen to much. What do you think of a Stupid?
1: Uh Hey, Stupid is one that I really need to go back and listen to. Because uh, I didn't buy it when it came out Just because I didn't like the song Hey Stupid uh, I, th- I thought uh, You know but at the time I was listening to Like I was getting into heavier shit By far you know I'm listening to Pantera now And more thrash and shit But uh, I-, I still don't know if I've heard that all the way through And I've never been a fan of uh, Feed My Frankenstein either Yeah I so, like that one. uh so it's, it's hard to say. I can't give an honest review because, like I said, I really don't think I listened to it all the way through.
0: Feed My Frankenstein kind of sounds like Rob Zombie where uh, Alice Cooper got, you know, a lot of shit for one of his albums sound like Rob Zombie. But this Feed My Frankenstein is pre-Rob Zombie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. No, I, I agree. But uh, it, And it was written by, uh, God, I, I used to love one song, Zodiac Mind Warp and the
0: love reaction. I love, I love that. Oh, album. Prime Mover. I love that.
1: Yeah, Prime See, Mover. A, that a lot of people album. don't know this, but I think Rob Zombie ripped off his whole look yeah. and everything from Zodiac yeah. Mind Warp.
0: And and you know, I mean, Feed My Frankenstein has a lot of that Zodiac Mind right. Warp I just... vibe. Where where I just said it sounds like Rob right. Zombie. No, no,
1: no, I agree. See? I'm
0: just not a fan. But uh,
1: let's go forward three years into The Last Temptation. And, and yes. here's, uh, here's Alice in the middle of grunge. And uh, he gets uh, the production team that Ozzy used for No More Tears. And I think that this is a very overproduced record. But I think there are some great songs. It is a concept record. Uh, he planned on doing more, but the album didn't do all that so uh, it was abandoned but uh, uh there was a great comic book I got the special edition a friend of mine Roman Baird I love you Roman so much he bought this for me this special edition uh, that came with a comic book I came home from work one day he was my neighbor and it was pinned to my door and I was like oh my god this is so awesome because he knew what a Cooper freak I was um uh, there's some good songs on here. There's some shit songs on here. There's a great song. I can't remember the title, right offhand. But he doesn't do well with Chris Cornell. That it's.
0: Oh, that's uh. I think so.
1: Yo, Christ. fucking incredible song. Really good. Uh, some great shit. Some bad shit. But overall, a little bit too glossy for me. What do you think of Last Temptation?
0: I really did enjoy this one. I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of Last Last Temptation, but. Man, there's this one song on there that shows you the direction he was going to called Cleansed by Fire, which is the last track on the album. And it's awesome. And it really does show you where Alice Cooper goes on the next album, which is 2000's Brutal Planet, which I absolutely love, but I do not want to go into details because I do have a review of Brutal Planet up on my YouTube channel that I put up like a couple weeks ago. So if you want to hear me go track by track, on 2000's Brutal Planet. Go on YouTube, uh, because I'm not, you know, it, it, you'll very, a lot of people seem to like that review I put up. A lot of people have been telling me it's their favorite review I've done so far. So check out my review of Brutal Planet. What'd you think? Uh,
1: I love Brutal Planet. Uh, to me, though, I mean, I gotta be honest, uh, to my ears, and this is the first time uh, Ezrin had a little bit to do with this album. Uh, Ezrin and Bob Marlette, um, and uh it's total fucking trying to be Marilyn Manson but I love Marilyn Manson and I love Brutal Planet I think it I think Brutal Planet was probably his strongest album since I would go back and say
0: from the inside yeah, I would actually agree with you, but I disagree. It's nothing like Marilyn Manson except for The Last Drive. Oh, it's more its more Rob Zombie. Well, yeah, I could see that too. But yeah, heavier. But, but, but it, heavier. it's
1: definitely industrial. It's him trying to stay current. Uh, but I love that album, and uh, I haven't seen your review yet. I'd love to. Uh, I, I know it's a longer review. I'm excited. I know somebody complained about it being too long. It's like, how can one of your reviews be too long?
0: Uh, I love that shit. Uh, yeah, it's actually 30 minutes long because now I don't have uh, uh, limitations. All my reviews before were 15 right. minutes, but I had to cram all that in. Now I can take my but, time. But uh, even, so.
1: even though you did a uh, you know a review on your YouTube channel, uh, I would love to review this album someday. And it really, in all honesty, I would love to do every Alice Cooper album by some point because this podcast is going to go on for years. How could it not? The people love it. The people have spoken and uh, and we love Alice Cooper so at some point
0: I want to do a Brutal Planet episode because I think it's a great fucking album uh, uh, yeah I, I, I agree I gotta, I gotta just say there was one guy that left a comment saying you know I'm very disappointed I, if you're gonna do an Alice Cooper album why, why Brutal Planet why not something classic and then I, my reply is you get what you pay for you want me to do something classic pay right. me Jesus you know I'm very disappointed but no, no, no. I was about to say "fuck you," but then the guy, because he might be listening, the guy then apologized. Said, "Oh, dude, I didn't mean it to sound that way. I really respect you, and I'm sorry if you took it the wrong way." Well, but okay. You know, okay.
1: And, he, and here's something that you know we've addressed it before, but let's address it again. Um, you know, we have no interest in doing a greatest hits show. Okay, if we just do the most popular album by every band, that. that
0: don't say his name. No, 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 I'm not saying his name.
1: <laughs> but, but,
0: but what <laughs> okay. I'm saying, that, uh,
1: what I'm getting at though, is how boring is that? Everybody knows those albums, and there's a lot of popular albums. But at some point, we're gonna do like I would love to do a fucking pyromania Death Leopard episode. But you know what? I would but, I would like to bring attention to lesser known albums, and you have to mix it up. If we do every popular album, and then we do two years of albums that nobody's heard. You're gonna lose a little bit I'd like to mix it up and bring everybody along for this long glorious ride that I envisioned for this show
0: I want I for me and let me tell you something for me the greatest compliments I ever got and I've got them on the podcast as well along with you you and I've gotten this, this compliment I think it's the greatest compliments when you know with those reviews I put up on YouTube and this podcast when somebody says you know what I never knew you turned me on to this, and I love this album now because of you guys or because of my review on YouTube. That to me is the greatest. So, if, you know what? What's the point of reviewing Dark Side of the Moon?
1: But but one album I'm not going to try to expose people to is Dragon Town. I really, really hate this. project like might be my least favorite Alice Cooper record.
0: <laughs>
1: I really. Uh, Dragon Town was a swing and a miss for me, but Ralph, I know you think differently. So what do you say?
0: No, no. I actually, believe it or not, I was kind of disappointed, you know. From but it does have the same vibe as Brutal Planet. It's kind of like a a oh, oh, yeah. You know,
1: no, it it is, it is. It was supposed to be a trilogy, but then Brutal Planet failed, and uh, I mean, I mean, I mean, Dragon Town failed, so he didn't continue. But I was very disappointed in Dragon Town.
0: I, I was too, but man, do I love the opening track, Trigger Man. It's such a cool fucking song. Again, in the same vibe of a Brutal Planet. It could have fit perfectly on Brutal Planet. Uh, Dragon Town, I saw the tour, which was cool. I believe that's the one where he played you driving nice. nervous. I could nice. be wrong. Anyway, then we go into the eyes of Alice Cooper. Right? Yes, that's correct? yes. That's the next one, right? Uh, this is where Alice Cooper changed again, uh, which, you know, the next couple albums is kind of like... The vibe of this one. I think it's good. I like Nova Kane. Right. I thought that was a good classic one. Um eh, well, What do you think you want from me? Detroit City's kind of cool. Um but you know, the song that didn't rhyme, that was yeah. cool. Uh, but you know, as a whole, it's kinda like, yeah, you know, I mean it's not it's not something I, I revisit enough to actually give you an honest review on it, but those songs I just mentioned I really did dig. Would uh, you
1: I, I love the beginning of this era because this is where to me and Kiss did the same thing this is where they finally give up trying to trace trends and go back to being what made them that way in the first place and to me this album is very garage rock and it was a great start and I think it there was even better results on the next album Dirty Diamonds Dirty Diamonds to me is Oh my god, there's the one stinker rap song on there uh, with that dude who was on Pimp My Ride or whatever. You know, that was horrible. But other than that, songs like The Ballad of Jesse Jane and stuff like that is very much in vain with the original Alice Cooper vibe, lyrically and musically. Uh, the song Dirty Diamonds. Uh, I
0: absolutely love, love Dirty Diamonds. What do you think, Ralph? Definitely, in my opinion, his last great album. I love this album, "Woman of Massive Structure. Oh yeah, that's a uh, great one. Yeah, that that one's a great song. Uh, uh, yeah, the title track is great, um, and of course, the saga of Jesse Jane. You want to fucking laugh? Go go, type that up on YouTube and listen to that song. It is so fucking brilliant and funny and hilarious. And uh, it's great. I love that song. Actually, there's uh, there. It reminds me of a Weird Al song. <laughs> if you want to get you want to get another laugh, there's a Weird Al song called "I'm Driving a Truck or Truck Driver." <laughs> I'm driving a truck with my heels on. You know, I, I'm doing my eyeliner. You know, and all this shit. You know, it's it, it's kind of in the same vein. Uh, Jesse Jane is insanely great song and dirty diamonds like brutal planet like spun my head around okay uh then we go into 2008 along comes came a spider which it's good but it's it's something that i never really go back on you know it's like I, i when it first came out i was very excited and i listened to it and i'm like yeah it's another cool alice cooper album but it wasn't like you know what dirty diamonds did to me or brutal planet where it made me go revisit it a lot So, uh, again, I don't have an honest opinion on Along Came a Spider. I need to listen to it more. What do you think?
1: Uh, I don't think I've heard one song off this album. I I haven't, and I don't think I've listened to one song. I remember I was so excited about Dirty Diamonds, and then even when I heard about Along Comes a Spider, and I heard it was a concept record and stuff like that, at the time, that was the last thing I wanted.
0: All right, now the final one. Welcome to, like the number two, my Nightmare, which uh, returns Alice with Bob Ezrin uh, to do a sequel to uh, Welcome to My Nightmare. And I gotta tell you, man, very disappointed. I didn't like it at really? all. At really? All. Uh, but again, you know, I gotta listen to it more. I'll bite your face off. I love kind of I'll fun. bite your face off. I, I saw this tour. I actually saw this tour. This is the last uh, time I saw Alice Headline. Um, no, that's not true. I did see him after this. Anyway, but I was kind of like, I guess because of, you know, to live up to the original. Right. But and, 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 uh, but also, I haven't really gone back. I did listen to it a lot when it came out, and I just gave up. What do you
1: think? Uh, I love that there's three songs he did with the surviving members of uh, the Alice Cooper band. There's three songs. Uh, Glenn Buxton, unfortunately, passed away in the 90s. Um uh, yeah. and I there's there's some songs I like, there's some songs I don't like. I'm not a big fan of the idea of like you can't go back and recreate. Them, so don't try. Okay, you can't do Welcome to My Nightmare again. Yeah, I, I just I really like in my heart of hearts I knew like Alice, you can't do it. It's a different time, it's a different era, but uh but hey, it's gotta pay the rent too and I know what he did. And um uh, some songs worked and some songs didn't work. But as a whole, um, he should have left it alone and just put out a you know, another album. You know, and not try to do a you know, a, a sequel. But there are some songs I really do dig. Uh, man, I really wish he would do a full blown album with the surviving members. I doubt that'll happen, but I, I would love it because that's you know, that's my bread and butter. That's what I really love.
0: uh, uh. Glenn, I mean, but the thing is, man, every every member was so important. I and mean, without Glenn Buxton, man, right? Know, Glenn Buxton, Glenn Buxton was a huge hero to Willie, my guitar player. I mean, he, that guy was a main inspiration of you know his guitar playing and stuff. And he was an incredible guitar player. Oh, yeah. uh, fit the vibe perfectly. Without him, you know, it's kind of like, dude, forget it. Like, like
1: Alice says, he was he was the Keith Richards of the band. But, but another important factor of that is Michael Bruce and Michael Bruce's songwriting. But Michael Bruce has, you know, he's suffered a lot from substance abuse and, and, yeah. and very unpredictable. Uh, but man, the bass playing of fucking Dennis Dunaway, the drums of Neil Smith, you know, the octopus. You know, you know, you that fucking billion dollar babies dun, 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 You know, oh, my God.
0: Yeah. Uh, Who's a lawyer now, by the way? see i thought he was a real estate agent okay real yeah. estate agent uh, like uh i got i got a lame story about him though my uh, Willie again uh got in contact with him online and asked him if he could sign some uh i don't know what he had you know because uh willy has a lot of rare owl stuff and uh he said yeah sure send it my way i'll sign it to you and also send me a check for 50 bucks or something like that oh wow for an interview, for a fucking autograph, it's like, dude, fuck you. Alice would do that shit for free. Yeah, right
1: that that, that it is sad. But also, they don't have the money that Alice does either. But still, that, that's uh, and
0: and and also, well, real estate. I'm sure he does. Well, if the money. you're good at it. And I, I also, uh, I haven't heard one person tell me that Alice Cooper was a dick. Everybody tells me meeting Alice Cooper, the guy is super cool. Oh yeah, and, and I mean,
1: and, I, I'm thinking about. I was thinking about that when we were getting ready to record this. Uh, I might look into doing a meet and greet with Alice Cooper on uh, this last... Uh, my, oh,
0: last shit. Show. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. They're doing that?
1: I, I know he did it earlier in the tour and I'm going to look into to see if he's doing it at the New Orleans show. Oh, my show, God. I'm thinking about paying it because I...
0: I, I I'm, I'm doing I, it.
1: I, I, I want to hug this man and, and, and tell him how much he's meant to me and uh, it'd mean a lot to me and, and, and I know... You know, I don't believe in no afterlife, but I know if my father was here, uh, it would mean everything to him, too. So, I'm going to look into that. Yeah.
0: All right. So, uh, that this has been a really long show. So, uh, let's get into our pick of the week. All
1: right. You got a pick of the week, or you want me to go?
0: No, you got to go. All right.
1: Know. My pick of the week, this time, is a uh, documentary uh, that is amazing called Beware of Mr. Baker. And it's about Ginger Baker, the drummer from Cream. and holy shit is this an incredible documentary uh, I love it because it's brutally honest it does not portray him as a good man at all I mean really makes him look like a total complete asshole but you, which, which he is but you will walk away with respect for his passion to music and, you know, and his passion for drumming you'll really get And appreciate what he's brought to drumming, and he is an amazing, amazing drummer. But as a human being, not so much. But you need to check this out. I mean, if you love Cream, even if you don't love Cream, if you just love drumming, or you love fucking documentaries, beware of Mr. Baker. is absolutely amazing. Check it out.
0: All right, my uh, my pick of the week uh, is going to be a Southern rock album. But these guys were men, like borderline metal. A uh, band called Blackfoot. Uh, and uh, their 1981 album called Marauder. Uh, I think the whole album is great from beginning to end. It's really cool. Check it out. The first track, Good Morning, was covered by Exodus. And, you know, that shows you how heavy that song is. And believe it or not, when you hear Exodus' version... It's not that different than their Where, version. That's how heavy. Which album started. is that on? Marauder. No,
1: no. Which Exodus album do cover that?
0: It's actually a B-side to "Lunatic Parade" from the uh, uh, "Objection Overruled." Uh, oh no! Uh, Impact is okay. imminent. All right. It, it was a B-side for the "Lunatic Parade" for that album. But uh, a, a funny little story: when I have it on vinyl, and when I met Exodus, I I had Sousa sign it. He's like. Dude, I've never seen this before in my life. Where'd you get this? I didn't even know this was released. You uh, know? Uh, uh, but anyway, great album. There's a song there called Diet of a Working Man. It's an amazing ballad. Too Hard to Handle, a killer fucking rocker. Fly Away, which was the single, and I remember hearing the radio back then. Awesome. Dry Country, searching Rattlestake Rock and Roller. Great fucking album. Fire the Dragon. I, the whole album is great. My pick of the week is 1981's Marauder by Blackwood.
1: I will check, would check out. that out definitely. All right, then we go into fan of the week, and my fan of the week this week is a guy. He's on the Facebook. Uh, he's not as active as a lot of people, but uh, this episode made me think of him, and that's Kevin McLennan. Uh He is a huge, huge Alice Cooper fan. Uh, And more so of the original Alice Cooper band He has a Facebook page Uh, I don't remember the name of it right now But it's all about the original Alice Cooper band Not any solo shit, just the original And he he seems like a really cool dude Uh, I love seeing him post on the page I hope he enjoyed this episode And I hope he enjoys our future Alice Cooper episodes And uh, I hope this inspires him to be more active on the page so Kevin McLennan you are our fan of the week what else uh, alright well we gotta mention the usual you know check us out on fucking podbean.com please go to iTunes please 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 and leave us a a five star rating and a review if you can it means a lot to the show it helps it grow check out everybody join the Facebook page check out our YouTube page it's rock and metal combat podcast all one word Uh, We can finally post videos on there again. And Ralph does an amazing, amazing job on those. And uh, and as always, tune into ThatMetalStation.com. A great, great, great internet radio station that plays all kinds of metal. From the heaviest of the heavy to the occasional cock rock. They got some great shit on there. Scott Green, we thank you so much for letting us be part of your family. Uh... Also, if you're on an Android device, uh, download us on Podcast Attic. It's a great way you just hit subscribe, and you get every episode. You can play it on your phone, listen to it on your Bluetooth or your headphones, whatever you do. Uh, and also check out some friends of our show, uh, Joe and Gully's Rock Show. That's also on ThatMetalStation.com. Great friends of ours. A great show from Europe. Uh, they're over in England. And, uh, man, it's just a fun, fun fucking show. Two great guys that have a lot of passion. Also check out some other great friends of ours, the Decibel Geek Podcast. Uh, man, it's a, it's, it's a different show, but it is a great show. A lot of people love it. They're more into the eighties hard rock, uh, era, but man, they do it. They do it well. And they interview a lot of famous people, man. They've got some amazing shit coming up. And for all you Kiss fans, they got Kissmas in July coming up, so definitely check that out. And uh, you got anything else you want to add, Doctor Buck?
0: Uh, I want to add how I love everybody that's listening right now because you are all the way toward the end of the episode, and uh, I really appreciate you, and so does Ian. And uh, you know, I like to I like to kiss you, even if you were a guy, a little tongue, I don't give a fuck. Thank you.
1: There you go. So if you think this shit was amazing, holy fuck! Come back next week when we have the greatest frontman of all time, David Lee Roth joins us in the. Whoa! Yeah, yeah awesome. David Lee Roth joins us in the studio to discuss ELO's 1979 classic "Discovery." Wow! Yeah,
0: he likes the dance music. That. Humble
1: babble, sibble bumble, humble babble, a bop.
0: All right, fuck Sammy Hager, and thanks for tuning in.